What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. In the past, it was get a scholarship because we can't afford to send you to college. Now, it almost seems like it's like get a scholarship so we can say you got one. If you're doing what you enjoy and you wake up every morning and you're excited about it, then you're going to be great at it. If you're great at it, you're going to get something out of it and hopefully be able to give back in some capacity or some way because of that. This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacore from the Reform Sports Project podcast. Joining me today is Samara Zem, Campbell University's head women's soccer coach and the 2021 Big South Women's Soccer Coach of the Year. In your experience as an athlete growing up, did you play other sports besides soccer? And I'm talking specifically 13 and under. Yeah, you know, my experiences are probably vastly different than a lot of college coaches. I grew up in Nigeria, so my first 19 years were in Nigeria, and the resources, I mean, there's there's a lot of incredible things about the country. There's amazing people, but I would say compared to the United States, compared to England, compared to a lot of European countries, Nigeria didn't have a lot of resources, and so... Growing up, I was very fortunate enough to go to a school and have the resources that I had to be able to develop as an athlete. My father was a basketball coach, and so he really pushed that I pick up a number of different sports, so I did. I grew up playing tennis, basketball, volleyball. I actually was a dual athlete in college, and it was a great experience, but there wasn't enough Like when we would try and play teams, a lot of times the team wouldn't show up or they didn't have enough money just to literally transport themselves to show up. And the one sport that we had the most traction with was football, soccer. And that's where you'd be able to get the most teams show up and the most consistency in competing. But I I think, you know, my perspective is a little different just because there weren't a lot of resources and there weren't a lot of personnel. There wasn't a lot of structure to things at home. And so it was difficult to develop in a number of different sports. You're now a high-level coach, and what do you notice about the culture here from the kids you're seeing? Because one of the biggest things that I, I really think is important in having young kids myself is I'm seeing the social impacts from the pressure that's being put on a lot of these kids so early. And as you know, when you were younger as a teen and, and developing and all those things like I was, those are tough times. And now the culture is a little bit different where you have Snapchat and Instagram and all these things. So now we have pressure that's being put on these kids to be these athletes because that's what parents are paying thousands of dollars for. And it's causing inadvertent burnout mentally and physically. Have you seen things like that firsthand where you've you've run into kids that, you know, have just kind of had enough earlier than expected? A hundred percent. Absolutely. You know, if I'm comparing a youth player in Nigeria and a youth player here, you're looking at someone that's U10. And this is not every parent, but a lot of the parents that I see in the United States are already asking, you know, they see that you're a college coach and their end goal is, if I put my kid in this program or on this team, is it going to prepare them to get a college scholarship Mm. in eight years or six years or seven years? And that seems to be the end goal. 
how can we get them playing in college at the highest level and how early do we have to start? That's been my experience. I coached at a, a Division two school as well and my experience there was very, very similar. It was what teams do we have to place our kids on at the youth level so that they can be politically in the right programs and the right clubs and the right leagues as they move into their teen years so that they can get a college scholarship. And mostly at the Division two level, I saw a lot of kids who were just, they were through with it. You know, they finally got to college and after that first year, they're like, it's not worth it. I want to go do other things. At Campbell, I haven't seen that as much, but I have seen kids that don't truly develop, that seem like they've missed out on the entire process itself because once they get to college, they're like, wait, this was the end goal. You know, this was why I played for all those years and it was to get here, but then they're a little bit lost and now it's like, well, okay, let me win a championship rather than fully enjoying the entire process and what the process gives them. If I look at someone at home, they're just happy to play. They're happy to get a soccer ball. They're happy to have two pairs of cleats on their feet because a lot of times kids were lucky enough to play with one shoe, not even a cleat. It was one shoe. And so for them, being a part of a team that they could rely on, it was an extended family. It was an opportunity to get away from the stress of financial implications that a lot of people went through. And it was just, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to release this stress and I'm going to develop and I'm going to focus on me and I'm going to focus on how I can be better. And, you know, a lot of players that I had seen growing up and going through the process of playing youth sports, it was like a getaway. It was something that made them better and it made them happier. And here the end goal is just get to college and get a scholarship. That's all that's talked about. And it's funny, when I was 14, I was on an all-star team that went to Cuba and we played two weeks against, uh, you know, Cuban teams. And we went down there as the, you know, I'm going to say, quote unquote, the the well-to-do Americans. And we weren't well-to-do, but that's the perception, right? We had the nice equipment and we had this and, and we went down there and it changed my life. These kids were playing, and I swear to God, with holes in their shoes, with ripped gloves, broken back, and they beat the heck out of us every <laughs> single game. And it changed my perception. I'm thinking, here nowadays, you go to any youth baseball field, kids are walking around with $1,500 of equipment, and you don't need that stuff. So it kind of ties into what you're talking about, and I think that's the culture, and what does that mean for the kid? And I think it's interesting, because everyone talks about scholarship, that's like the end goal. Well, we know, because the NCAA puts out statistics, that only seven percent of high school participating athletes, and that's across the board, male, female, on average and everything, just go on to play in college at some level, whether it's D1, D2, D3. So 93% of high school athletes don't even play in college. I guess what I'm thinking is the information's out there. Why is it that people are so obsessed with this get to college and play sports for a scholarship when we know statistically only 1% of kids get scholarships, one, and on average, it's less than 10 grand. But we've spent maybe twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars on exactly. sports going into it. Exactly. Is it just America in your eyes? I don't know that I can uh, say that, honestly, because I don't I don't know enough. You know, I haven't looked into it enough. I haven't had enough conversations. From the outside looking in, what I see is a culture that, I mean, there's so many great things, don't get me wrong. Sure, no, 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 but of course. what I see is a culture that is fixated on comparison yeah. and comparison by material things and comparison by, you know, how many likes do I get? <laughs> and did I get more likes than the other person? And I think it goes back to, you know, 
parents and even now youth players are starting to have the same mentality. If my kid has a scholarship, even if financially I might have spent, you know, $20,000, like you said, and we're only getting five to 10, it really doesn't balance out financially. You know, in the past, it was get a scholarship because we can't afford to send you to college. Now it, it almost seems like it's like get a scholarship so we can say you got one. Oh, so thank we can, you. I was just going to say it's a keeping up with the Joneses status symbol. Yeah, you know, it's like, let's post the pictures of you wearing the gear. And, you know, the fact that people are tweeting, blessed to have received an offer. No offense, but who cares if you got an offer? It's where you choose to make your decision. It's where you choose to go. It's where you choose to spend your next four years. And it's what you do with those four years. Getting the offer is is barely the work. That's just, you know, that's like 5% of it. And people are fixated on posting about that. And, you know, for me, if a kid posts that we offered them, I'm taking that offer back because if that's what your goal is, then you're obviously not in it for the right reasons. But I think that unfortunately, our society is leaning towards comparing and boasting and getting people to see, look what I have. And we're all forgetting about the process and what that can do and what that can give us. Not all, a lot of us. Every person I interview says things a little bit differently and everyone else I've spoken to who's made it to that level, it doesn't matter if their parents spent $100,000 for them to go to private clubs or if they grew up in the projects. They had something in them that was going to make them get there and no one was going to hold them back. And I think that parents and coaches think they can force their will on somebody and that's not the case. You need to be willing to do the things for yourself. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. You know, you can't focus on what somebody else wants, whether it's your coach or it's your parents. You can't focus on what somebody else gets that you don't get. You know, like we tell kids that come to our ID camps all the time, don't compare your process to somebody else. Do this because you can do it because it fits what you're good at, because it fits what you need. But I would even say that, you know, you rewind five, six, seven years for some of these kids and it's play what you want to play. Do, you know, I mean, considering obviously what's easy for your parents, you know, if like ballet is like a five hour drive, maybe, maybe not, but do what you enjoy and and then be good at that. Because if you're doing what you enjoy and you wake up every morning and you're excited about it, then you're going to be great at it. If you're great at it, you're going to get something out of it and hopefully be able to give back in some capacity or some way because of that, whether you're giving back to an underclassman or as a coach later on, or as a mentor, whatever capacity you can. That's Samara Zem, head women's soccer coach at Campbell University. When we come back, Samara and I will discuss whether the focus on college scholarships has caused a rise of individualism in team sports and her advice for young athletes who aren't sure whether to be all in on one sport or not. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Reform Sports Project podcast. Where Samara and I left off, we were about to dive into whether some of the current problems in youth sports are created there or at the college level, and whether kids can play multiple rec sports and still have an opportunity to play at the collegiate level. So one thing that you're talking about, and I thoroughly believe this, I think that we're all here to be of service to one another, and sports is a great platform to be able to be of service, you know, to give away your experience, to give away your knowledge, to be able to help somebody else without expecting anything in return. And I think that message gets lost in the youth sports culture because nowadays with kids playing year-round one sport or travel this, you're playing so many games that you lose two things. 
number one, you almost seem like you're losing the desire to want to win, like the competition aspect of it because it kind of becomes watered down. And two, it almost seems like because it's such a driven message that we're trying to get a scholarship, it becomes not about trying to help somebody else or be a good teammate. It's all about individuals. Have you seen going to camps or clinics and seeing kids like there's a lot more selfish play as a result, potentially? Yeah, I don't know that I see as much selfish play. I think what I actually, and this might not be what you're asking, but you got me thinking about it a little bit. You know, I don't know if necessarily youth is where the root of the problem is or college because, and maybe it's professionally, I just don't have experiences on the professional realm, but, you know, we're seeing a lot of money poured into college programs. Sure. You know, a lot more than I think we've ever seen before. And that means that we need performers. And because we need performers, they're starting to become pressure on kids to be able to do that. Or if you can't, you're cut. Which, to an extent, I think is a good thing. You know, there has to be a cutthroat mentality. You can't always be winners. But I wonder how much of that impacts the development process. Because, you know, I think, like, for example, the Development Academy in youth soccer is awesome. I think it provides so many great things. But what you see is college coaches drifting towards the Development Academy because, hey, that's where all the best players are. Because they're training year-round. Because they're in a rigorous environment. Because it's more demanding. And then there's certain subjectivity to that. And I, I wonder if... Um, a lot of the implications of what you're saying are coming more from the pressure on the top end to get performers quickly in and out. You know, we want this to be quick. We want it to happen as soon as possible. And um, we're going to use these kids for what we can use them for. And then we're going to, you know, throw them out. And so I think that trickles down, obviously. And then you've got the reverse of that is parents and families being like, yeah, here's what we can give you. And now we're famous because of it, or now we're well-liked, or now we're popular. I think it kind of comes from both ends. And unfortunately, I do think, I do notice that the kids get caught in the middle of the battle between those two. So I spoke with Kevin Euclid, who was a Boston Red Sox. He won two World Series. And he said, basically, we're taking professional athlete schedules and putting them on young kids. And as we both know, professional athletes are adults or young adults, at least at minimum. And it's hard and rigorous for an adult. And professional athletes don't play six baseball games or six soccer games. Why are we doing that with kids? I think it has to do a lot with what you just kind of talked about. It's because it seems like we're using our kids almost as a pawn to make ourselves feel better. And there's a lot of living vicariously through. Have you seen that impacting some athletes where they're quitting the game, where parents have put so much pressure on that they're quitting earlier and that type of stuff? Yeah, I don't know if we've just been extremely fortunate. We've seen better parents than we've seen those parents. I mean, we have had in the last three, four, four years, we've had three athletes have meetings with us asking for more playing time and saying they need that playing time. Is that the parent's fault or is that a pressure the kid puts on themselves? I don't know, but I, I have seen, unfortunately, I can't, I can't answer that. Well, I guess fortunately, but I can't answer that because the kids, by the time they come to us, I've seen incredible parents. And I've been really fortunate to see parents that just support their kids to be happy and to work hard. And maybe it's the type of athlete we recruit. I'm not sure, but I haven't seen the, hey, I, I want to live through you. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Do you believe that a kid, because it seems as though this is what people think, and this is why people are spending money. I've heard parents say it to me. They're very afraid their kid's going to be left behind. So they spend, 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 because there's fear that they're going to miss out. But you're coming from an environment and a culture where, you know, it wasn't America, and you still made it and played at a very high level. Do you think that kids can still play multiple sports, play recreation sports, and not be involved in club and still have an opportunity to play at the collegiate level? A collegiate level, yes. 
I think that with women's soccer specifically, a lot of recruiting happens at the club level. And because I think the way that coaches recruit, a lot of that recruiting happens at the ECNL and the DA levels, which means a lot of money. So I think that it does, unfortunately, it does limit the amount of exposure and development that a player gets because not a lot of kids sign up for those clubs that aren't ECNL or DA. Sure. Um, and therefore, you're not getting the best coaches. And that's not for everyone. There are definitely clubs that are fantastic and there's some great players that don't play at that level. But I think the chances of playing at a high level usually do, unfortunately, go hand in hand. And I think that's why it comes from the top, at least in women's soccer. What would be a message you want to say to a young female soccer player or athlete who may be struggling with, you know, pressure or feeling um, uncomfortable, not sure about whether they want to be all in or not, and they're 10, 11 years old and the parents are struggling? What would be your advice for a parent and kid who are good athletes, want to play the sport, but are feeling this pressure? My biggest piece of advice is to enjoy the process because the process is going to be what allows you to be successful in the future. If you take it in and you live in the moment and you enjoy what you have and are grateful for the opportunity to do what you do and you're grateful for the losses, you're grateful for the failures because those are going to teach you things, you're grateful for the wins, the success, the relationships, the coaches, then I think that's going to be what allows you to be successful more than anything. And doing that because you enjoy that. I think that's the biggest thing. You're the one that's going to have to give up your time and make sacrifices of your time. And in a lot of cases, your parents might support you and give up their time. So do what you want to do. Don't do anything that you think other people want you to do and don't go through those motions. Be all in. That's Samara Zem, head women's soccer coach at Campbell University. Thanks for listening to the Reform Sports Project podcast. I'm Nick Bonacore, and our goal is to restore a healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. For updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or check out our website by searching for the Reform Sports Project.